language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. How are you feeling? Your latest workups and your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a metaphor to help and heal human beings. Can you imagine what it's like to be an ace pilot? This is your chance to make that dream come true. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Star Wars from the Back to Tank, the Resistance Edition. Today, we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 19, titled Descent. Synapsis, with secrets exposed, Yeager's crew must evade relentless troopers, hunting them down and find a way to reach the Resistance. Hello, David. How are you today? Things are getting very interesting in Resistance now. Yeah. We have some things to cover, that's for sure. This uh, TV series can no longer be called trivial nor boring because there's plenty of things going on. And and not just silly antics, there are relevant things to the bigger picture of Star Wars. And that's why this show is something that I feel like all Star Wars fans should eventually watch now. Give it a chance. I'm really glad that this series has picked up the way it has because... It has so much potential for things, and it went in directions that we didn't think it would go to since the beginning. Not not at all. Well, yes and no. When the show started, I felt like what we're getting now is what the show is going to be. And when it wasn't for almost 10, for over 11 episodes, I was disappointed. But now, of course, the second half has has definitely... Uh, and I don't want to say surpass my expectations, but it's definitely living up to my expectations. At least, no, it's living up to what I had wanted for this series. All right. So this week's episode is directed by Bosco Ng and written by Paul Giacopo. All right. So we have another fun episode, as we said, to discuss. This one felt a lot like a classic Star Wars chase episode. I love seeing the First Order in pursuit, the crazy plan to sink the Colossus and also The princess, you know, Princess Leia making an appearance again. But the craziness of that plan. Let's focus on that for a second. That is something that the Rebel Alliance would do. This is something that we've seen time and time again. Just the the crazy ideas that people do when they're desperate. Oh, yeah. But this harkens back to, you know, like the Force Awakens with Finn breaking into Starkiller Base from the get go. And yeah, with the ridiculous plan just to save Rey. And I'm like going, well, he used the force, though. Remember, (laughs) That's not how this works. (laughs) Still one of my favorite scenes in in Force Awakens. It just felt more on par with what we know of Star Wars. And that's what I really liked about it. Yeah, of course. It had that tone. Yeah. And and now. I like also them bringing Princess Leia back into the episode for that appearance. And now the resistance cannot offer any help. I thought that was funny. I'm like, hey, Princess Leia's back, but hey, we cannot assist you because we are in the middle of fighting our own battle, which I knew that was going to happen because this is happening right when everything's unraveling within Force Awakens. Yes. But maybe this is why no one answered Leia's message in The Last Jedi. Exactly. That's why I like the spies. You know, all the spies across the galaxy are like, yeah, right. Let me get this straight. You can't help me 
but you need help. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, droid. Send this reply. Our forces are spread out and we have no one to spare. Yeah, two can play this game, bitch. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. Don't even send a message. Let her suck on static. <laughs> that's why that's why I'm like going it it really connected well with even though yeah. that that uh, even though I can't even get the thought out of my brain now right now. Even though it basically connects to something that we all don't quite like in Last Jedi, but it yeah. connected to the narrative that was in the very end, which was no one could answer General Leia's call for help. Yeah. And why? Well, she couldn't answer anyone's call for help in the beginning. So it makes sense. Yeah. Their their forces are slim. Their forces are slim. Especially when you know they don't have the the backing of any government agency, well, at least overtly. So that which is something we learned this week as well. Now, there are just two episodes left. I'm actually really, really excited to see what happens. The writers really have managed to bring all of it together by the end. The politics, friendships, loyalties being tested, the differing of opinions. It's all become a lot more complex than the first half. It's night and day. And that's one of the best things about this series since they came back from winter break is there's complex relationships real characters real people with real issues and it's working and doing wonders for the second half of the season i still think it might go terribly wrong for tam she's been put in a very compromising situation and i can see her turning all of this into being about her it's definitely interesting i mean how do you react to a situation like this you've been arrested for alleged crimes that you had absolutely nothing to do with. No idea about either. And then you were kind of left to deal with the consequences. I mean, I can say I wouldn't be happy. So I definitely understand Tam's feelings and imagine how you would feel. It's very relatable. And sometimes I find myself getting annoyed with characters like these. I'm like, Oh, come on, be an adult, grow up. This is life. This is what happens. There are, there are lives in jeopardy. There's wars being fought. But I honestly feel for her. I actually can relate to her situation. I, I don't feel like she's acting out of line. She's acting like anybody that would that was left out of the loop. It, it, imagine thinking you're a part of a group, Dave, that these people are your friends. And then suddenly you feel like they're keeping some big secrets away from you. Yes, there's a reason for it. And it's understandable. But that doesn't change the fact that you're going to feel slightly insulted yeah and maybe even marginalized like maybe you're not a part of the group maybe i'm not important and now you're leaving me here holding the bag so i really like what they're doing and that's why i said it's very complex because these aren't easy situations that isn't it isn't gray or it isn't black and white like you and i have have droned on and on about this new vert this new era of star wars it's no longer black and white there is a gray area and i think the 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 greatest thing that they did for this part of the episode was introducing in my terms a likable villain and tyranny the that new officer that tyranny tyranny yeah and while we all know tyranny is working for the empire she is one of the bad guys the way that they portray her is very relatable and likable in in some sense the way i looked at her was like you know like those military recruits that you always see in uh 
um, the high school, when you're in high school and you meet the military recruits, that's what, that's the vibe I got from tyranny. Yeah. Hey, like sign up and you're going to see the world, see the world, beautiful or, beaches, open we're trying, skies. We're trying to bring order to the galaxy, absolute order through the galaxy. Yeah. And that worked real well for Anakin. <laughs> that is true. But see, when it's portrayed, uh, the way they portrayed it with tyranny yeah. was actually very uh, relatable. Well, yes, and I agree. And I have some thoughts on her. But first, Dave, let's backtrack just a moment to Tam, because I do like what they're doing with tyranny. And I like how they had they paired her up with Tam and yeah. the way there's a reason why they did this. Yes, it's very manipulative. It's very on par with with the recruiters, especially the World War Two era recruitments and, you know, trying to sell them this idea that doesn't really exist you know, basically showing half and or partial truths. But why choose Tam to do this with? That's the question. Why have Tierney interrogate Tam in such a way that once again, Tam is being led to believe that the First Order is in the right and the resistance are wrong, even from her perspective now. I really hope what we're seeing is the perfect scenario to finally witness the rise of a new villain that is specific to a show. Never mind tyranny. She can, she can be the part of the ingredients that gets us there. What if Tam is our villain, David, for resistance? That would be an interesting twist. What if she, I'm not saying she's going to turn bad overnight, but what if this is a slow process? This is just one step in that direction. I really hope they do this. I don't think we've seen or been in a situation like this before, besides the obvious being, of course, Anakin Skywalker. And although we've had baddies introduced before in episodes of Clone Wars and Rebels, none of them were like this specifically. It would be cool if they took it the distance. How cool would it be, Dave, if we have been watching essentially the origin story of a new Star Wars villain? That would be actually a really interesting twist to it. Because especially since, you know, Anakin's story, a lot of people always make fun of how overdramatic it is. With Tam, it's very subtle and it's it feels more re- realistic. Less naive. Less naive. Yes, there's a sense of naiveness to it or naivety. Yes, absolutely. But Anakin, I understand how he fell, you know, his fall from grace. Yeah, at the end of the day, you do understand. I don't relate to that. Yes. I wouldn't kill 25,000 people just to save one life. Maybe if it was my son, possibly. But do I really want to live with myself knowing that my son now knows that he has lived on because I killed countless people so that he can live? He would hate me. Yeah. So if they were to go about this scenario, to me, this is a lot more relatable because it's it's it feels some it feels like. Okay, with Anakin, there's some pretty fucking big leaps you have to take to get there. Yes. Okay, Tam, this is how people are radicalized, Dave. We see it all the time in this country. When are people radicalized? When they are marginalized and left to fend for themselves. When they feel like they don't have a group or a social class, whatever it may be, they go and find one. Yes. If she can find acceptance within the first order why wouldn't she especially since her ideology is on par with the first order at least what she knows of them 
Yeah. I mean, look at Agent Callis. Why did Agent Callis turn? Because he felt marginalized and he wasn't a part of the group. Exactly. And he joined the rebels. So the same thing can happen with other characters, too, or other people, depending on it doesn't matter what side of things they're on. So if they do this with her, Dave, I feel like I feel like it could be really cool, really good, because it would be really personal as well. Imagine Kaz feeling like he's the one responsible for turning Tam down the wrong path. That would actually make that character even more dynamic than than ever. Yeah, I would be very disappointed if they don't do this. Because all the the breadcrumbs are there. Let's follow them. Even the writers. Sometimes the writers don't realize because we've all written things. Dave, you and I, I should say. And sometimes writing is a happy accident when you realize, oh, shit, I, I had this plan here. But look how well this is playing out here. Let me take it this direction instead. Sometimes a good character direction can be a happy accident. And it would it would lead to a very pivotal moment for Kaz, especially because we saw the like how important it was to Kaz to go save Tam because when they left her behind Tam uh, Kaz looked like he Kaz looked like he killed Tam because he left her behind. Yeah. And that's how important it was to for him to go go get her, go save her. Well, even when you take into the take into a fact take into account that the Hosean the Hosean system is going to be blown up really soon here, right? Yes. Okay, so you can say, well, Tam's going to witness this. She's going to be like, "Oh, wow, the Hosean system has just been destroyed." And some may say, "Well, she's awfully dumb if she's like, "Yeah, kill them anyways and let's join the first order after she witnesses this." But think about it. Look at her line of thinking, Dave. She may justify it saying, "Look at Kaz, look what you did." Yeah. You are responsible for the annihilation of an entire system, including your family, because of your terrorist antics. She could easily place the blame on Kaz. And it actually, at this point in the game and what we know of her character, would make perfect sense. Yeah. And it would fit. It would fit and make it. It's very easy for them to make it relatable to everybody. Because, like, if you're the outsider looking, if you're the outsider, if you don't know what the resistance is going through, as a character, you're going to be looking at the resistance as a terrorist group. They are, Tyranny brought it up, brought it up to 10. They are a radicalized terrorist group that is causing chaos around the sector. Yeah, man, I, I feel like everything's pointing in that direction. Everything's pointing at Tam. She's either going to be the wild card that's going to make some decision that's going to change the direction of the story, or she will be the bad guy. They're going to either create suspense. What will Tam choose? Which will also work, but I'm hoping they go the other direction completely. Let's not just use it as a question mark. Oh, what will she do? Oh, the suspense. Yeah, that's great. But let's just go the distance. Let's make her a villain. Now, we talked about the, the Hosean system being blown up and how Tam can can easily point to Kaz and say, look what you did. You're responsible. That's another awesome part that I really loved about this week's episode is the fleshing out of the political landscape, which I would say leads to parallels between Leia and Kaz. Uh, Apparently the resistance has been disavowed by the new Republic. Yes. 
we knew how some had viewed them. We learned that, I believe, in the first episode or second episode when Kaz spoke to his father. But straight up disavowed, I have to think that it's more or less a wink-wink, right? Yes. Like, we can't support you openly. Come to think of it, I think they said something like that in The Force Awakens. Was it Hux that called the Resistance a New Republic puppet? Or something along those lines? I think so. I I vaguely remember. Right before he blew them up? Yes. Yeah. So we learned a lot about that, but all this leads right to the parallels of Kaz and Leia. Leia's involvement with the Rebel Alliance all those many years ago is why Tarkin put his sights on Alderaan. And now how great would it be when the First Order destroys the Hosean system, which we already know they will, because we're going to have a similar situation. Yeah, sure, it's bleak as fuck, but imagine what this could do for Kaz's story. This could send his character development through the roof. Plus, let's not forget, having those parallels with Leia could be a great way to bring Princess Leia or General Leia into this story in a way that could lead to a mentor-type relationship. Yes. And actually help build her up a bit, because we don't... We know next to nothing about Leia as well at this point in her life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the only thing you know is from the book. If you've been reading the book. Which uh, one? I think it's Bloodlines. Yeah. Yep, that's it. And unless you've been reading that book, then you absolutely do not know what Leia's life is like during this time. And it would be a really great moment to actually, since everyone loves Princess Leia at this point, to give princess leia her due and actually tell a narrative with that character yeah well and also just the whole idea of having a new hero learn from the old it could be a pretty cool way to pass the torch you know that the fight lives on within the youth yeah i think that'd be a great way to do it and what a what an awesome way to actually give a a a real a real stamp of approval for kaz not some oh kaz you're doing some great work Finger guns, bro. Finger guns. <laughs> you did a good job. This would be a good, seamless, or cohesive way to give Kaz a stamp of approval so that we as fans, we as an audience are like, yeah, you know what? Now we see what Leia and Poe see in Kaz. There are similarities. They see bits of themselves, you know, p- parts of their the life that Kaz is going through currently, you know, mirrors things that Leia had to go through or Poe Dameron. It'd be such a great way just to add more layers to that whole entire, what I would call very superficial development that we had of Kaz becoming a spy overnight. It it would make it feel, it would justify it. It would make it feel a little more justified. It would justify it because it would add so much more so much more depth when you started so shallow (laughs) all right so dave also as you brought up agent tyranny uh just when we said that the bad guys didn't have a face we were introduced to agent tyranny a manipulative agent of the security bureau i really dig this new character and and the organization being brought into the shows they really there really is a lot they can do for this. There really is a lot they could do for the story. Agent Tyranny as well as the Security Bureau. Now, this is a relatively new addition to Star Wars canon. Uh, the Security Bureau of the First Order was introduced, I believe, in the Poe Dameron comic book series that has recently wrapped. Uh, yes, their first appearance of the Security Bureau 
was in Poe Dameron number two, Black Squadron part two. That was their official first appearance. So this is new. This is new Star Wars canon. And just to give a little bit more background on this bureau, uh, the First Order Security Bureau was the First Order's intelligence agency. Agents like Terex, Lieutenant Wheel, were tasked with guarding the First Order's secrets and recovering information that had been stolen by the First Order's enemies. Terex operated a spy network consisting of various individuals he had coerced into spying for him including the resistance technician, uh, Adi Muva, which I'm assuming has to be from the Poe Dameron comic book. I believe so. Now, Dave, I feel like I'm one of those fans that Star Wars fans that I need to know everything about Star Wars. And I don't know a whole lot about this security bureau. So how do so I think what you and I need to do is during the off season of Star Wars Rebels is we should probably cover the Poe Dameron comic book series. I think that's that's an order it's, because they they've been introducing new things actually in the there's, comics and there's been several things now that has bled into the uh, into resistance that actually was first introduced in the Poe Dameron comic book series so it feels like it's almost like a an affiliated story it's a, even though every Star Wars story is connected it feels like the Poe Dameron storyline might come really close to resistance just because of the fact that he's obviously involved in it yes or with it so let's consider covering that during the off season once star wars resistance wraps just so we can get some more background plus i don't want to drop the ball if they're introducing concepts like the security bureau then it would be remiss of us as star wars fans that do a star wars show and run a star wars website essentially if we don't even know what that is and the introduction of just reading about the introduction of the security bureau it adds more depth to the tone that they want to do for the cold. Cause like ever since they started this new era of star Wars, they wanted to give it a cold war type of feel that yeah. between the first order and the resistance and adding the security bureau. I'm like looking at it going, it's like the FBI. They're, they're the FBI of uh, the first order. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's essentially what this war has been since uh, since before Force Awakens. It was a Cold War. And it's a Cold War. Yeah. And you're getting to see it more with the importance of getting messages out to people and uh, communication blockades and stuff like that, especially in this uh, this particular episode that came up to the forefront uh, about like they have to get communicate uh, a communication out to the resistance but there's a blockade that the first order put on there and it's very cold war as they're really trying to push that, you know, spy it was a communication field, a communication field. Yeah. Not and, a blockade. And it, I like the, I actually like the fact that they threw in this new bureau in there, the security bureau for the first order, because it gives them more teeth. Yeah. And it makes it more interesting. It, it introduces it different from the empire because this, this is something the empire would never do. The empire did do a version of a cold war, you know, but it was more, you know, I, I don't want to say it that. Was more I of a hammer. It, no, I'm talking about the, the, the beginnings of the empire beginnings of the empire. Yes. It was more just a manipulation game. It was very, a lot of puppeteering. If this was an outright war that was being fought, in secret it's secret yeah. yeah and if this is being called a cold war which it is the security bureau is directly connected to the poe dameron comic book series that has been called the early stages of the cold war so that being said obviously that's a lot of espionage then 
which is highly interesting, which is something we've never really seen in Star Wars. We know nope. the upcoming Rogue One TV series will be an espionage show. So, yeah, we're going to have to talk about that comic book real soon here. All right. So Star Wars live read patreon.com slash Rayman digital. Be sure to subscribe. Get more Star Wars from the back to tank every month when you subscribe to our Patreon page. When you subscribe to our podcast here for $5 or more a month, you gain access to thousands of hours of additional content, including more Star Wars from the back to tank discussions, breakdowns, pre-shows, Star Wars book reviews, comic book discussions, themed content discussions and character analysis. We do it all for those that are kind enough to subscribe. We do need help. We push out uh, roughly 40 to 90 podcast episodes a month as a network. And the only way we can sustain ourselves and sustain this type of work is by getting people to, to subscribe. So head over to patreon.com slash Rainman digital and subscribe to our podcast here. And by doing so, we'll give you a blowy <laughs> David. Will. David uh, will David will take one for the team. Okay. <laughs> It's all right. Fair enough, Michael. Fair enough. If it's one for the team, fair enough. If it gets us paid. (laughs) Yes, we are now prostituting ourselves out. Uh, Please, uh, nobody call the cops on us. We're going to have a bunch of new listeners come in and it's just part of a a, a sting operation. operation. I heard these guys solicit sex in their show. We're going to get to the bottom of this. (laughs) Hey, if it gets us some press, I'll do it. Good, good, good. uh, Any press is good press. Yeah. See if we'll ever be affiliated in any way with Lucasfilm after that. <laughs> All right. So Niku, Niku is definitely the best character yet again. I just find him the perfect combination of being capable and silly. So many times, Dave, in Star Wars, we get these inept characters for the purposes of comedy relief. You know, and they accidentally save the day by stumbling on a blaster that then shoots the enemy straight in the head. Yeah. And Niku is very different than any of that. Uh, he is a guy who's capable. He's very capable. He's very intelligent. He's just has a, there's just a communication barrier. That's it. Yeah. He's not a doofus like Jar Jar Binks. And I love that they keep using that to make situations funny. Like when Niku was telling Kaz to tell him the truth. (laughs) He's oh, that's a funny joke. But now is not the time for joke, Kaz. I like it. And you know what? For me to like something like that, Dave is saying something because I I hate I hate comedy. Like I like funniness, but I don't like silliness. And for this to go over well with me, I think that's a sign that it's a pretty good job what they're doing. Like they found a good way to make it work and not distract or take you out of the story, which happens a lot of times. I still remember, even though I love a lot of Phantom Menace, and I love the prequels. Like, you're so invested emotionally with the ending of Phantom Menace. You have Obi-Wan and Maul fighting, and then suddenly you have a cutscene to Jar Jar <laughs> accidentally killing battle droids. And, 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 and you like, just. My bad. My bad. Yeah. I give up. I give up. I give up. <laughs> it just takes you out of the story. It's not funny, it just takes you out of the story. It's probably George Lucas's worst decision he's ever made. Yeah. Not the movie as a whole, just those moments, little moments like that. And with Niku, they're not repeating those mistakes. They actually found a way to make that classic Lucas 
comedy work work exactly and that's the thing is like everyone kind of always points out oh well, niku is just like jar jar no he's nothing like jar jar. he's nothing like jar jar he is the same archetype he's the he same is, archetype. he is the comedy relief it's the execution that's different yeah and that's what i really i really do just like you i appreciate a character like niku and and uh resistance because the way they use him is a really great example of how you use a, t- a character archetype like that. Yeah, I um, I'm a little disappointed too because I went to Target this weekend to to go pick up some Black Series that was released, and they had an entire section of Star Wars Resistance toys now, and I heard nothing about these being released. I believe in October of last year it was announced that they are making them, and they had an entire list and and images of the prototypes. So I was a bit surprised when I looked over to the right of the Black Series and there's an entire section of nothing but resistance and tons of Kaz, tons of Sonara and Yeager and and Tora. There was even uh, the Red Baron. Von Reg. Von Reg. And I was like, where's Niku? There's no Niku. How do you make Star Wars Resistance toys and not have the best character <laughs> <laughs> in your first wave of releases. Uh, that that's true. It's it's a shame that basically I would have totally bought a Nico if I saw it. It's a shame that basically they they cut out certain characters when it comes to their Star Wars toy releases. Yeah. Well, and, you know what? I hope the green aliens of the world you know, all come together and scream diversity. I'm like, hey, listen, <laughs> you're excluding green aliens and oh, you know, us green aliens at the green alliance. The green or the green lights find this highly offensive. Maybe then we'll get a Niku toy. Yeah, apparently I'm very passionate for Niku. I'm actually looking at the the set that you're talking about. Yeah, the only ones they released. There's a six of them. It's uh, Yeager, or actually seven of them. What, was there a Von Reg? Was I right? Or yeah, was I there's a Von up? Reg. Okay, there's a Von Reg. There's a Pyre, uh, Kaz, Tam, uh, not Tam, uh, Tora. Sonara, Yeager, and a Poe Dameron. Oh, so Poe Dameron, and that's it. <laughs> There's no 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 other characters. No Doza. Sonara. Doza. Did you miss Sonara? Sonara was there. Yeah, Sonara is there. So there's only seven characters they released. Speaking of Sonara and Tora, do all these chicks want to bang Kaz now? Because Tora got really freaking excited. That was weird and creepy. No, it wasn't. I was like, yeah, Kaz, that's my boy. <laughs> she, he's, go, he's going after Sonara, and then Tora is now, you know, she likes the bad boys, obviously, and now she's all into Kaz because of that. She's like, ooh, yes, let's sink the platform. This is very exciting. I mean, her, she see how, she, how perky she got when uh, when Kaz's name was mentioned? Yeah, and I was like, wait a minute. Let's get a love triangle going. Come I on. Thought, I thought you didn't like him like that. <laughs> Me? Oh, no, no. Oh, no, no. Tora? Tora. Yeah, I mean, listen. Kaz, I'm rooting for Kaz. But also, there's the father in me that says, you steal me from my daughter! <laughs> That's the thing. If you had Tora as a daughter, yeah, you dude. really want Kaz? No. I'm like, get your dirty dick away from my daughter. <laughs> I'm gonna cut that thing off and feed it to a Bebo. I don't, I don't want that. And and now we know what Doza goes through. <laughs> yeah, that's the real war he's fighting. Forget the platform. <laughs> Forget the platform. protect my daughter from dirty Kaz. 
I don't need your incompetence in my family. I don't need your incompetence in my gene pool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So two episodes left, Dave. I think I'm right this time. No escape part one and no escape part two. It's going to be a crazy two weeks, Dave. Anything can happen. I'm going to save our predictions for the next week's episode coming up. Then we'll get into predictions and talk about what we want to see, what we should see, what we're hoping to see, and some final thoughts before we jump into the uh, the finale. I'm excited, Dave. What are your final thoughts for this week's episode? This week's episode was really strong. They really pushed the Cold War, which was a bonus for me. I'm really getting to dig that, especially since now it's becoming more clear that that is the type of story that Star Wars is trying to tell now with their even down to their uh the tr- the new trilogy that they came out. They want to push the fact that this is a Cold War era time frame in Star Wars. You have the First Order and the Resistance duking it out behind the scenes while nobody knows and no one understands what's going on. It's not like the Empire where they steamrolled everybody and we can we can say, yes, the Empire are evil. They're Nazis. First Order, it's different. They're not the Nazis. They're more like the Russians. They're the Russians. Resistance are the Americans. And Neither side is e- neither side is kind of like good or evil. They both have shades of gray in them. Well, let's be honest. The first order is pretty evil, Dave. They're they're evil, but if you think they about just it, they killed an entire planet. Yes, that's the that's the turning point for the for that thing. That's why in the next episode, I'm really really wanting to see what everyone's reaction Dave, is. No, 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 hold on, hold on. I want you to justify genocide. Go ahead. You said no just, one's evil. Go ahead. Justify genocide. Ah, God, I need time to actually do this because I know I can do it. You I have, know I you can have do until it. next week. I know I can do it. I know I can do it. Jesus. I don't <laughs> condone any of David's political thoughts. Uh, in fact, I'm going to put them up on the, along the wall and have the firing squad of Rayman Digital Network just put a couple bullets on them later today. So please, nobody cancel your Patreon subscriptions. I can do this. Nor, can do this uh, or unsubscribe, please. I can seduce everybody to the dark side. <laughs> All right. We need to close out today's show. I want to thank everybody for listening. And please find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, you name it. We're there. Also, patreon.com slash Rayman Digital. We really do need people's help. I don't know how much longer we can keep this going. We do a lot. And um, yeah, five bucks a month helps us out. It helps you out. You get more content, more things to listen to while you're on your drive or while you're bored at home. Yes, patreon.com slash Rayman Digital pledge to our $5 podcast here and help us out. We'll see everybody next week. Thank you, Dave. And may the force be with us. Oh, yes. Uh-huh.